Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. I give you thanks that there is a place where we can go and hear the word of the Lord, that you have prepared a house where the proclamation of your word is our desire, our thirst. We're hungry and thirsty for things spiritual, for things that come from, from you, Lord, from your hand. Speak to us out of your word. Bless the sharing of the word of God this morning. Let it be a good seed that's planted in the heart of those that desire you and want to know you and walk in your ways. Allow your word to be a double-edged sword and pierce the, everything we have put in front of us to reject your word. Like a double-edged sword, let it go into the deepest part of our being and there let it shine bright and remove all darkness, all uncertainty, all confusion. Let us understand what you want from us. And that we could walk in your ways and be filled with your joy and peace and prosper in all things as our soul prospers. Bless your word and let your word not return void, but let it do that which you send it out to do. And that it would usher us like a lamp unto our feet into your purposes and your direction and the life you have for us. Remove everything that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy this word. That it not be taken prematurely, Lord, that the cares of this life do not choke out this seed, but that it would go grow and give forth fruit that would glorify your name here on the earth, Lord. And we give you thanks in Jesus' powerful and precious name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the things that the Lord most has moved in the direction of what is the primary goal of God's function towards us that are human beings is to bring us back in connection with the Father. There's nothing more than God wants that you would walk, that you would talk, that you would share with the Father's heart. And while so many things are easily connected to, we, we connect to anything in a second. You'll see this is true when a child is raised for 20 years in the house of a father and a mother and all of a sudden some total stranger come by and your son or daughter connects with this total stranger and looks at mom and dad and says, leave me alone, who are you? And that is a surprising connection that takes place all too often. And so easily we connect to those things that we should not connect to. We identify with those things that we should not identify with and we disconnect with those things we should be connected to. And there's nothing more in the heart of God. Forget about religion. Forget about what men have done in the institution of church. But in the heart of God, what is plain is what is said in 1 John 3, verse 1. And, and this is something that we're to behold. This is something that we should place huge emphasis upon. The word behold is, hey guys, voila, behold. Look... Focus on this. Make this your priority of scheme. What manner, what depth, what, what huge manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. And the way that 
God loves us and the manner in which He loves us is He wants us to connect. I want you to pay attention on the word Father. Because many times we, we, we consider God an entity, a powerful force, an omnipotent reality. But no, He's more than that. He's a Father. And our connection should be to God the Father. And a lot of times we, we don't. We don't adhere to Him as a Father. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. And it's this reason the world does not know us. They don't understand us. Because it doesn't understand Him. It doesn't know Him. The connection with God as a Father is the most powerful connection that could ever happen in the life of any human being. And it's, it, it entails so much. It, it fills everything that can be an issue in our life. In fact, I want to tell you the greatest crisis that man has is his inability to connect with his earthly father. Sometimes because of the negligence and abandons of our natural fathers who have filled their ways with the absence and the void of needing a father, that that very desire or the very need causes them not even to pay attention to their very sons. And so we repeat the history that a father who, who didn't have a father cannot be a father to his children. So his, father can, his sons cannot be a father to their children. And it just keeps on passing down from generation to generation. The shortcut is hurry up and get connected with the Father of lights. Get connected with the Father God. Find yourself that in Him, everything you needed from your earthly father is, is more than provided for. This is my very testimony as for 20 years I lived longing for a father connection, but my father didn't have a good father connection with his father because he didn't have a good connection with his father and nobody in that history had a connection with God the Father. So at the age of 16, I, I connect with God the Father and then I see that all that I needed was there in large supply. So not only could I be a good father to my children, I began to be able to help my father be a good father. And so that, that is the answer and the connection in all ways. And it's the same thing in, the, in regards to the inability later on to meet with a wife's need as a husband. How horrible. I've seen it time and time again. A husband... A man who has a bad connection with his father, he gets married and he starts venting on his wife all the things that are issues that he had with his father. She, she's like, what's wrong with this man? Well, there's nothing wrong with this man other than he needs to be connected to the father. And he's venting and emotionally he can't handle the pressure of being a husband because he's backlashing everything that was missing. But God, if you don't hear anything else today, Understand that the heart of God is He loves you with a passion and wants you to be connected to be able to receive the download of all these things. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But God is the connection. He provides the connection in Christ to return to the Father. Meeting with the Father. He, he tries to explain to us in John 14 too. He says, in my Father's house, there's vast, vast provision of all things. If it wasn't like this, I wouldn't tell you. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. There are many places, dwelling places. There are many habitations. If it were not so, I would have told you. You know, I wonder what it would be like to grab God's hand and say, God, take me to the places you have, say with me, prepared. 
These things are already there for us and we're not going because we don't grab onto the hand of the Father to follow Him doing the Father's will. Following the Father. Understanding that in that place there's full provision of things vast. Of things huge. Things prepared. Now, the, the travesty and the horrible scenario is seen in this story of the prodigal son who, again, the disconnect. This guy says, Dad, see you later. He grabs his provision and goes, the Bible says, to a far away and distant land. If you're there, whether it be spiritually or physically, if you're there mentally, if you're there in your attitudes, that you want to run with the wind. You want to dance with the wolves. You want to go to the place that you feel is going to provide the habitation of your desire. And how horrible it is for those people who reach this conclusion. I'm being distant and far from the Father's house. This is the total antithesis. It's the opposite of what God desires. And so many of us choose that road. The ability uh, to connect with so many things and lose our connection with our Father in heaven. And so this disconnect is an awareness of people uh, that walk contrary to their destiny. They walk contrary to their purpose. They walk contrary to the plans of God. That's what prodigal means. You're doing your own thing, sharing with friends, sharing with a life, uh, interested in self, no interest in home, no interest for family. This is a whole generation of hippies that they just went out in the course of finding themselves and finding that finding themselves without a father is being certainly lost. And so Galatians 6.10 says, whenever we have an opportunity, how many have had the opportunity to do something for your house for your family, and you decide to do it for a stranger. You decide to do it for some unknown person. You, you put your greatest efforts, and this happens to men, they'll grab their treasure and wealth and go share it with friends to spite their wife and children. And it says, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, whenever you have an opportunity to do good, you should do it directed towards the Father. Directed towards the family. Therefore, as we have opportunity, raise your hand if you have opportunities to do something good, right? We have opportunities to do great things. Well, the heart of God is that you turn towards the Father. You turn towards the Father house. That's what Jesus was at the age of 12. His, his mom says, hey, what's going on with you? He said like this, I must be about my Father's business. I need, to, I need to connect. I need to cultivate. I need to put this as a priority because from there issues all the other provisions in my life. I need to connect. And he says, especially, we're going to do good in many places, but especially towards those that are members of the family of faith, the, the house of God. I wonder oftentimes what would happen if churches everywhere did not exist. You could, you could be really fed up with your church here locally and just go down the street and join another church and there's another family of God there and it's a good connection. I would rather you go to any church in the world than you to be disconnected and lost. But I'd rather you as a good father wants his children to be where? At home. I'd rather you be here. 
Because I get to take care. I get to concern. I get to give you the best provisions. But you become more familiar with Pastor Paul and Pastor Tom and Pastor Jake that you don't know that you're not a member and you go around quoting Pastor, uh, you know, God knows who. And God forbid you say, my pastor says this. Because you would be, you know, it's almost like children when they're, when they're going to school, uh, when they're about 10, 12 years old, they say, Mom, Dad, could you drop me off in the corner? Drop you off on the corner. Explain that to me a little bit. I, I woke you up this morning. I bought your clothes. I prepared breakfast. I, I, I had to go out of my way to schedule everything to give you the best schooling. And you're telling me what? But see, it's only a reflection of the attitude of the heart of their parents. It's the same thing when they sit there and not, they cannot vest a family. We have crisis of this in the world. We have a disconnect. We don't know how to be the children of God. And, and the Bible says, especially, that means highlight those that are a member of your family. Those are the members of where you gather as a household of faith. And so the Bible is clear on that. That we're, we're to walk in this manner of connecting with family. Uh, the word family, the first two letters is fa, F-A, meeting with the Father. Where there's not a father, it's not a family. There's a, it's, it's just a disconnect. Because the father represents the heart of God the Father. And so there's all sorts of pseudo-families. And, and, and so good, verse 9 it says, don't grow tired of doing what's good. What's good? Having the opportunity to especially serve the family of faith. Because the verse right before this, verse 9, it says, don't let yourself grow tired of doing that which is good because it pays off in the long run. In due season, if you do what God wants you to do, connect with who God wants you to connect, in the long run, you're going to benefit. If you disconnect, and I, I learned how to read the Bible backwards because the very first word that I read that God gave me was, um, children, um, honor your mother and father because it's the first commandment with two promises. That was the first verse I read. And it says, so the first promise, everything will go well with you. Second promise, you'll live a long life. And so at that young age, I was 16, I was reading that verse, and I had this attitude, and what if I don't? What if I don't want to honor my dad? I didn't want to honor my dad, in, in fact. I was, I was rebellious, I was disobedient. And then, and then that's when the, the Spirit of God says, well, everything's not going to go well with you, and you're not going to live a long life upon the earth. I get, I'm listening. I'm listening. I want to live. I want it to go well with me. So Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, when I read that, I did the opposite application. So the same thing here. Let, what if we do grow tired? Let's go back to Galatians 6, 9. What if we do grow tired? Then in the long term, Hall, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well if you get tired of doing good in due season. You shall not reap if you lose heart. It says you'll reap if you don't lose heart. But if you lose heart, you won't reap what is sown. And then verse 10 says, especially when you're going to do something, do it for God's believers, for God's family of faith. Especially, mark it as a highlight in your life. Um, Paul, trying to teach this to Timothy, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Timothy 5.8, he says, listen, if you don't do things connected to the Father... You are worse than an unbeliever. If anyone does not 
provide for his own family, especially for those of the household, of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I, I don't know the character and the measure of being worse than an unbeliever because I know that an unbeliever still has the hope for salvation. But if you're not doing, if you're not connected to the Father's heart and you call yourself a Christian, you have lost it. So as we continue on, Jesus proclaimed in John 14, 16, he said these words. He says, Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. This is, this is he's opening up a highway to the destination of our course. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So the destination that God has us ultimately landing in is the Father's heart. A lot of Christians could be, listen to me, they're all over the place. They're, they're, they're all over the place by multitudes. They're Christians that do not know the Father's heart. They, they wouldn't be able to tell you what God would want them to do. What the Father would want. And here Jesus taught us that He is that open road that leads you to have a relationship with the Father. I hope that this morning you're hearing the Father's heart. You're weighing what God the Father would have you do. Even right now. That you, you don't consider, you know, uh, a relationship distant. A relationship, it might even be a new relationship. But that you would pierce all these things to find out what the Father desires. Uh, a recent song by Rochelle Shane, Chan, she writes, you know, I, I, you could love me and, and you could impress me, but I'll know what you're all about when I could interpret what you're doing through my Father's heart. There's a lot of people who are smoking mirrors. A lot of people are doing a lot of things. Christianity has become a place where people have become distant to the heart of God and the Father. And they're saying, well, you know, I'm a Christian. You, you, you need to continue on the way. Jesus is the way, but the destination is the Father. The destination is what does God want? There's a big difference between traveling um, on, on your trip somewhere and getting there. You know, I remember our kids growing up, they'd be in the car. They, are, are we there yet? Are, are, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? There's some Christians that never get to where they need to be. And, and where we need to be is God the Father, the Father's heart. What do you want? Let me get connected to the Father. What is the Father saying? A lot of people say a lot of things, but what is the Father saying? And a multitude of people are on their way. They have good lives. They're, they're blessed. They, they've, they've started on their travels, but they never connect to the heart of the Father. That's what Jesus came to do. In Hebrews chapter 1, if we start reading in verse 1, he says, God at various times and various ways spoke to our fathers in the past. This is Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. Many times God has spoken in many different ways. He spoke in yesteryear through the to the fathers by the prophets. This is a, a message that comes to you from a messenger is great. But there is no greater messenger than a son of who knows the Father's heart. So He sent us Jesus. 
And Jesus being an excellent son who would say words like this, I will do nothing unless the Father tells me. He's the one that's going to describe to you how to get to the Father's heart. And that's the provision of God for our season. I thank God, listen to me, I thank God that I didn't have to stand under the ministry of Abraham or Moses or Daniel or Ezekiel or Isaiah. I stand under the ministry of Jesus, the Son of God, who will speak to me about the Father's heart. That's a direct connection. Let's let's give a hand to the Lord that that's our provision. I don't... You know, in the case of Orlando Yanez, you have two sons. And, and you could have some neighbor come over or a, a friend of Ian come over and, and try to explain. A friend of Ian trying to explain what is Orlando's heart. Or you could have Ethan, who is a son, who's going to say, hey, hey, buddy, step aside because I'm going to tell you who my dad is. That's a more excellent reference. And that's who we have in Christ. Because it says here in Hebrews 1.1 that God spoke many different ways. Listen, the guy who wants a message, who wants to listen to the message, will take anybody. I used to, when I was growing up, I, I, the only messenger I had my little brother. And I, when I liked the girl, I would send him. Hey, go tell her. You know. But here it is, that when you... When you want to hear a message, I, didn't, I thought my, my little brother was the dumbest little brother. But when he was bringing a message from a girl, he did fine. He was my connection to what I wanted. So when you want something, you will use anybody, the, the biggest fool. You'll listen, what did she say? And how did she say it? And, what you, and you'll, you'll interact. Well, guess what? Many people can talk to you about God. But no one will talk to you about God the Father greater than one of his faithful, obedient sons. And so here Hebrews 1.1 says, many times God spoke, and he spoke in many ways, but uh, through the uh, the prophets to our fathers. Look what verse 2 says. But in these last days, some people always ask me, do you think we're in the last days? I don't know. The Bible says in these last days, he's spoken to us through the Son. So are we in the last days? Of course we are. This is, that's it. We're in the last days already. It doesn't matter if it's 2,000 years worth of last days or 3,000 or 4,000. We're in the last days. And so in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who he has appointed as the heir of all things through whom he made the world. So what's supposed to happen in our relationship with Jesus Christ is to come closer to the Father's heart, to understand God the Father more. We don't need, and, and how sad, guys, I've been with people, church is 14 years old. I've been with people who have sat with me for 10 years and have seen everything. When they don't want to hear something, you know what they do? They cross town and they ask a complete stranger, what do you think? That's like a son who grows up under his father forever. He meets somebody in school the first semester and he says, hey guy, you know something? I think my dad's a jerk. What do you think? Well, why? Well, because he wants me to be home early. Yeah, he's a jerk. And, and you buddy up and connect with a total stranger who's done nothing. And, and we're struck in awe. As, as we can understand what a bad messenger is when we want to hear something, we could, we could connect with anybody to tell us what we want to hear and walk in that, in, in that reality. And that is, that is harmful. That is hurtful. That, that is destructive beyond measure. But that's our tendency. That's our tendency. 
to be able to find agreement in our rebellion and in our disobedience with people who have no capacity to speak to us the Father's heart. So John chapter 17, verse 6 Jesus is praying, and Jesus is saying, I've done what you've told me to do. I've magnified your name. I've made you to be known. This is, this is what needs to happen. I don't have very proper taste and likings to Christians who call themselves Christians and do not know the Father's heart and do not care about the Father's heart and, and flush the Father's uh, instruction down. He says, I have come. I have magnified your name to the men who you have given me out of this world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. He's, he's made the revelation that God desires to have children that are connected to the Father. That's what he came to do upon the earth. This is what the, the church needs to do. Uh, you know, when, when Isabel and, and Oscar went over to Nicaragua and they, they started... Uh, the work of the Lord and the mission field and the church, a lot of people says that's the church of El Cubano. And I got there, I said, this is not no El Cubano's church. This is our God in heaven's house. This is the Father's house. And that's what Jesus defended. He said, in my Father's house, you have made it a den of thieves. You guys have come together to... to to negotiate and commerce the things of God. But the, my house, the house of my dad should be a house of prayer, a house of connect, a house to get to, to know the Father's heart. So that's what Jesus came to do. Matthew eleven twenty seven. he says it again. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. Matthew eleven twenty seven. God the Father told Jesus, you go and tell them my heart. You go and reveal my truth. You go and send my message. And he says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows my dad like I do. No one knows the Father. Knows the Son except the Father. And nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And whom the Son wills to reveal Him. As a Son of God this morning, I'm trying to reveal to you the heart of God. And that's what Jesus has come to do. He does it perfectly. No man could reveal the heart of God the Father better than Jesus Christ. No one can show you what you're supposed to do. There's no preacher, there's no teacher, there's no evangelist. Where he makes the proclamation in verse 8, if you come to him, if you come to me, I have the goods on how to connect with my Father. Look what verse 28 says. Come to me all of you that are dead tired and you're burdened. And if I am able to connect you with the Father, you're going to find a rest that's way beyond. Guys, since I've connected with the Father, I have so much peace. I, I have so much tranquility. When you're close to a Father, you know the capacity a Father has to bestow upon you lavishly His love. And He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn my restraint. A yoke is not an easy thing. Hey, why are they putting this yoke on me, man? I'm bucking, I'm bucking the yoke. I don't, I don't want to come within these boundaries, within these restraints. Why don't they let me go? Let me go. Listen to me. The prodigal sons are let go. Go. Roam freely, wandering far from the Father's house. What are you going to do the day you need to sit down and have coffee with the Father and say, Dad, what do you think? What should I do? What, 
Where should I go? What, what, are your, what is your most secret, precious information, advice for my life? You, you want to run from that? that? That has to be deception. Because he says, if you guys come, you guys will receive. Uh, there's a yoke, but he says his yoke is easy. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart so you can find rest for your souls. For verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Where the father is directing us. Listen to me. I've never heard a father tell a son, I want you to have it harder than I did. I hope you eat rocks, my friend. I hope that you never prosper in anything. That's not a father's heart. A father's heart is going to teach you. He says, don't go through what I went through. Don't take a left turn down that road. It's a pitfall for you. And a father will speak to you secrets that concern your prosperity. And so that's what Jesus is trying to reveal here in the Father's heart. That's what God is trying to do to all of us. The first thing that a Father's connection brings to our life is something called personal identity. You don't have to sit there and leave the Father's house and get a tattoo. You don't have to pierce your... You see, a fatherless society trying to bring an identity on themselves, they'll never have. You, you could tattoo your whole entire body from head to toe every single and you'll never have the identity you're longing for do you understand people are longing for this and that's why they do what they do they're trying to fill the void trying to feel special trying to feel affirmed but they're doing it far from the father's house and they're going to be they're going to find out the huge loss they're called wanderers orphans he says i leave you not as an orphan in today's fatherless society, there's confusing children out there. There's confusing couples. I, I see them when they leave their house and they get into a relationship. It's a confusing relationship. Both of them, son and daughter. You guys, sooner or later, you're going to have to sit there and reconnect with a father's heart. Otherwise, you become ruthless and then you start wearing makeup. You have to sit there and wear purple hair, green hair, yellow hair. But you don't have an identity. Why would you do that? Because there's a void. You need to put long nails. You got short nails. You got to wear your clothes. You got to find. You look very funny. Last week, one of these men trying to find an identity showed up at church with a $500,000 car and parked it in the front of the church, and he wanted to show everybody, I have a, you know what, he needs a dad. He needs a father. He's 74 years old. You don't want to walk like that in this lifetime because you'll make your husband miserable. You'll make your wife miserable. You'll connect with every stranger that goes by. You're like, dad, dad. And you're walking around with a disconnect because you refuse to come to Christ that he might connect you with the Father's heart. And when you do that, you're satisfied. The longing goes away. The longing goes away. And it's powerful to see God's goodness in our life. And he offers us to come to me, all those of you that are laboring and heavy burden. He has already given us an identity in him. We are his children. He, he has lavishly poured out our love at levels that are far above what you could imagine. If you could delight in his presence, he'll give you the desires of your heart. John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus learned, he says, Now I feed off my Father's will. 
I don't have to go and look for things outside of the Father. My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. And my, my purpose in life is to finish His work. Could you say His work? It's not about you. It's not about what you think, about what you reason, about what you opinionate. That's all settled in your relationship with God. And you'll be fully satisfied in this relationship beyond anything else that you could ever seek and desire to have a teamwork. I was blessed by George Caracol, one of the men here at the church, who walked up to my sons and said, hey guys, when I was your age, and my son is 17, I was two years away from losing my dad because his dad died when he was 19. And he says, I, I never talked to my dad. I didn't have a connection with my dad. And I didn't know I was two years away from losing him. Make sure you guys enjoy the relationship you have with your dad. Make sure you guys enjoy it because once it's gone, it's lost perpetually. It's lost. And then you, you will sit there in that regards. That's on the natural realm. Imagine how much more on the spiritual. So Jesus would say, my food, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. Matthew 10, 29, not only does, does God the Father give us identity, he gives us security of, of provision and purpose. In Matthew 10, 29, he says like this, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls from the ground apart from the Father's will. There are, there are things in this life that we are secured because God, in our relationship with Him, He secures every corner. Things don't just happen uh, just out of coincidence. It's a purposeful plan that the Father sets us upon that, that He cares even, He says, He has numbered, verse 30, He has numbered the very hairs on your head. They're all numbered. They're all numbered. And God is, say with me, meticulous. He's so methodical. He has it all covered. We don't have to guess. We don't have to freak out. We know it's all taken care. It's in His hands. He has time and place for all things. And God is perfect in all His ways. And He's sure and steadfast. Therefore, verse 31, do not fear. You are of greater value than many sparrows. The worth that God has in us is way beyond. Every time you see a, a, a scenario where a young, I saw it yesterday at the picnic, the fathers were, were chasing their young ones all over the place. They jump on a tree, they're like this. They jump on, on a hole, they're riding the pony. You see the father's heart. And this is God the father in our life that we despise. Listen to me. Say with me, spoiled brat. That's a son and a daughter who could care less about the concerns of dad. It doesn't listen to him. doesn't weigh the heart of a father. Weighs the heart of, of a, an unknown stranger way before he weighs the heart of a father. And Paul would say, you have many instructors. You have many people that want to teach you the Bible, but you don't have many fathers. You don't have many people that are in relationship as this. He says, I am your father in the Lord. John 10, 29, the promise is this, that those that are in the hand of the Father will not be snatched away. My Father who has given me, given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. See, God's hand is open. You could walk out of the covering and protection of God for your life. Voluntarily, nobody's forced to do this. 
But he's not, when, once you're there, he doesn't let anybody take you from that hand. So it's a fearful thing to walk away from dad. And only a son can do that. Only, only in his own desire can he do those things. We're living in a time that is growing, listen to me, greater darkness, greater destruction, greater travesty, greater loss, greater confusion in our days. It's good to be in the Father's house. It's good to be connected with Dad. It's good to weigh the Father's heart. The most secret place in the whole world is in the Father's arm. And our motivation to serve God is that. I, you guys think, what, what is my motivation to be a pastor? What is my motivation to serve God, to serve His people, to live for the cause of Christ? What is my vo- Listen to me. It's my Father's love. Period. There is, there is no title. There is no aspiration, apostolic, anointed, cherubim, whatever, archangel. I don't know what people long for. I long for the Father's embrace. I, I long for the Father's heart. Uh, like David would say, my companions are those that fear God. I don't have companions, those that walk far from the Father's house. John 8, 29 says like this, He who has sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone. For I always do the things that please Him. This is, this is what the motivation is in connection with the Father. Our only desire is to do those things that please God the Father. And I'm, I'm not going to, and sometimes people see me, Joaquin, you're too ruthless. Listen to me. I am downright ruthless and passionate for my Father's heart. And for the things He loves are the things I love. And the things He hates are the things I hate. I don't have one friend that despises the heart of my Father in heaven. Not one friend. I don't consider them friends. My friends are those who love God passionately, who love God sacrificially, who love God faithfully and committedly. That's that's who we connect with in the house of God. My motive is to please Him. Let's read that again. John 8, 29. The Father has not left me alone. He never abandons me. He never turns on me. For I always do the things that please Him. That's my measure for success. For deep worth and significance. All these people who walk around depressed and anxious and having things that are twisted. Listen to me. When your attitude is twisted, your actions, your obedience, your submission, your sacrifice, you have left the Father's heart. John 5.19 Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by Himself. He does only what He sees the Father doing. And whatever the Father does, That is where you're going to see the Son also. Let's stand here this morning. And let's give thanks to the Lord that once again, being in the house of God, He directs our heart. He directs our lives. He directs our our every action. And and guys, you, you know, you know it's not easy. As He sits there in the garden and the Father's will is that He would sacrifice and that He would just give Himself on the cross. He says, Father, I don't want to do this. I'm not interested. Pass this cup from me. Don't make me cross this crossroads. But nevertheless, not, listen to this, not what I will, thy will be done. Thy will. What do you want? And so when you tap into the Father God in your life, and and for different ones of us, listen to me, different ones of us are going to take a little bit longer, like a little brother that comes into a family. He has never been spanked in his life. 
The older brothers are going, oh, oh, he's in trouble. They know what dad is up to. They know dad is going to come on the, the correction cycle, the discipline. A father who loves his children will discipline them, will correct them, will call them to order for their own sake. So this morning, I also want you to connect with the father. That's what God wants the most in this house. And I want to tell you that, that the environment of Spring of Life Fellowship is longing to please the Father. And so like Paul says, if we were to please men, we would no longer be able to please God the Father. And, and a lot of people have, have been upset, utterly upset that our priorities are the Father's heart and not the sentiment of men. And not the sentiment of those that want to, you know, walk contrary to the Father's heart. As we sing this song, you can bow your heads as we pray. And God would want nothing greater for you today than for you to restore a relationship like the prodigal son did. He returned to his father and he says, Father, make me a servant. Prepare me for the things that are to come. Prepare me for my children that are going to come after me so that I can instruct them in the ways of God the Father. Prepare me in the ministry you've given us. Prepare me in denying myself. Prepare me in saying no to my feelings and to my sentiment. Teach me how to gird up my loins. Teach me how to, this emotional mindset that causes me to walk contrary to you, to, to bring it to an end. Sing one song to the Lord and we're going to pray now. There's a love Forgetting my fear